Yo, what is up, NBA fans? This is Tyler Dirksen, and you are tuned in to the Deep Ball Podcast. As you can see with me this time around, we have two new people that are going to be my all-time or well, full-time co-hosts, uh, Peyton Hansen and Lee Hillshine. So go ahead and introduce you guys. Uh, just give a little bit about yourself, what you're most looking forward to for the podcast, and yeah, go from there. Uh, hi, my name is Peyton. Um, you, I'm friends with Lee. Uh, Lee actually introduced me to Tyler through the snowstorm. Yeah. Um, it was actually a pretty weird coincidence, but both huge NBA guys. And we were looking to start a podcast. I don't know if it was NBA related, but um, I mean, we I love the NBA. I think all three of us love the NBA. And we might not have the best information, but we're definitely going to give you some, some good info and have a good time. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely the reason why this is happening, so you're welcome <laughs> to this. <laughs> but I'm Lee, and uh, there's not much else to add besides we like the NBA and we want to talk about and share our takes with the world. So. Right, it's kind of crazy how this all happened. So for those of you who don't know, I'm a mailman, and um, the town that I was working in, I got snowed in because it was blizzard, really bad, uh, couldn't go home that night. So I actually stayed with – uh, well, at Lee's place because his mom is a, a mail carrier too. So um, I, I should have been to bed like two hours before we even started talking, but Lee and I were up talking late about basketball. And then I told him right before I went to bed, I'm like, yeah, I have an NBA podcast that I'm doing. He's like, no, 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 wait, what? And then that's how this whole thing got started. So that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, we uh, I had the first two episodes done just as a podcast um, a while ago and then things got super busy for me at work you know lots of packages and stuff being a mailman all that um, and I just didn't have any time to work on it couldn't find time to actually record it during my free time because then I was you know doing other things um, but yeah we uh, we got time now things are kind of slowing down and we're also going to have this video format up on YouTube which will be cool for people who actually want to watch something instead of just listen to a podcast um, or they could do both you guys could just do both give us more more uh, views and, and listens and help our ratings out quite a bit. Please. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 no kidding. Uh, so basically for this episode, what did, we, what did I do for the first two episodes? It was right before the off-season, technically off-season started. Um, I was just kind of giving my, my plans for what I thought each team should do um, here and go. We have the, the NBA seasons going on now for a few weeks now. And, a little late. Uh, yeah, a little late, but that's okay. So now what we're going to do is – grade each team's off season basically um we're going to run through all 30 teams in the nba i've got the western conference peyton's got the eastern conference and then leo just kind of chip in whenever he wants to um we'll go team by team just kind of explain you know the money they spent the people they added who they let go or who they drafted and then what was their best and worst move and then we'll chime in whenever we want to about certain things so um i'll get this started and like i said uh I'll do the Western Conference, and the site that I'm using is Hoops Hype, um, which is a pretty reliable site for NBA news. And the way they have it done is that they power ranked every team from you know who the worst performing team in the offseason was to the, who the best was. And um, coming in at number 27 was the San Antonio Spurs. Um, looks like they spent 31 and a half million. They added Devin Vassell, Trey Jones through the draft. And then they picked up Cameron Reynolds, who was, I think, 
I think he was on the Timberwolves for a little bit. It was just a two-way guy, I believe. Um, they re-signed Jakob Pertl and Drew Eubanks. Uh, they let go Marco Bellinelli, Bryn Forbes, which is a big loss for them, in my opinion. He's a good shooting guard, young guy. Um, and I don't know. Says they didn't even offer him a deal. Yeah, yeah. Chimize Metu. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I said that right. Um, he's not popular enough for me to know, actually. So it says their best yeah. move – what, what's up? No, 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 no. He's just a guy who's struggling to make roster for a while. Right. He's not I think a he big was, deal at all. Was he drafted last year or the year before? Yeah, something Yeah, like he's, that. he's fairly young. Yeah. So, obviously, he hasn't done anything if we don't even know about him. Yeah. Uh, says their best move was re-signing Jakob Pertl on a team-friendly deal, and their worst move was letting their best shooter and Bryn Forbes leave without even trying to keep him. So, yeah, that's – it's a big loss. I know Bryn Forbes came out of Michigan State as one of the better shooting guards in the draft class, and he proved it, too, with his first rookie contract, being there for four years in San Antonio. Um, solid shooter, shooter on that 48 or 40% mark uh, for his career so far, which is pretty good. Um, yeah, he's at uh, Milwaukee now, and I've watched him a little bit. And, I mean, he's not a game changer by any means, but he gets minutes. Um, I haven't really seen him actually even produce that much, but it's still early in the season, so you never yeah, know. Yeah, it's a completely change, like a new change of a system, too, where you go from being coached by Greg Popovich oh, yeah, to being this totally. a spark plug off the bench, basically. That's what he yeah. was, uh, which, I you know, could just be getting used to the new system in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. We'll see how he does, I guess. Yeah. Um, with the Spurs – I don't know. It's a weird team, honestly. They've got two but, older guys in Lamarcus Aldridge and Demar Derozan. Rebuild. I think they're just gonna blow it up this offseason. I think Derozan's definitely leaving this offseason too. He's up. Yeah, after, well, right. Yeah, Derozan and Aldridge are both up, and they they're have bigger contracts yeah. too. So, so it'll be a big yeah. rebuild in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. I don't think either one of them are gonna stay then. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine. I just saw some sort of article somewhere that was said that uh, DeMar DeRozan is actually shooting pretty efficiently this season. So I think that's just helping his trade stock. If he, you know, maybe can be traded to a contender by the end of the season. Although that's tough with his big contract though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know. I'd probably have to look at it a little bit to see where he could go, but it'd be tough to move mm -hmm. him. I mean, it's one year, so if somebody could take it, he's worth. I think he's worth it. I like him a lot. You know, right? He's not going to bring your three-point shooting, but he's going to be your number two, number three guy. He's just he's pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's one of those guys that I think probably deserves to go to a, a a contender. You know, since he was really loyal to Toronto when he was there, and he was one of the main pieces, one of the main scorers, and you know, the re one of the reasons why they were always, like, really good. Never made it too far in the playoffs because LeBron was uh, the Raptor killer when he was with Cleveland. But, you know, yeah. he's just a good player. And I think he'll go back to the Raptors in this next offseason. I've heard Lakers, too, right? But I, Lakers I mean, wanted to trade for him. The Lakers didn't want to – I don't know mm -hmm. if they're going to be able to pay him this offseason. Yeah. Especially if he's shooting I mean, better than – he definitely won't be able to pay him this offseason. He was so loyal to Toronto. I really don't, like, unless he talked all that stuff about how he's coming back. Because after he traded, it was it was weird because he was so, like, social about how 
he wanted to stay in Toronto. Like he didn't want to be a spur, you know. But that's I the mean, only not way that you bring in Kawhi. Spur, but they had yeah, to bring in yeah. Kawhi, you know, and that got yeah. him a ring. So definitely worked out in their end. So all I know is that he was really heartbroken when the trade went down. Like he wanted to be a, a Raptor for life. Like like yeah. you said, Peyton, and that I think that plays plays a, a factor on a guy. You know, it's just hard to hard to do that, but they got to understand it's a business too. That's what they sign up for. You know, mm-hmm. exactly. So, go on to the next one. Yeah, yeah. Let me scroll down to the next Western Conference team, which is the the Houston Rockets. Yes. Yeah. So it says they spent forty seven million. They added John Wall, Demarcus Cousins, Christian Wood, Sterling Brown, and Jerry and Grant. They shipped out Russell Westbrook, Austin Rivers, Robert Covington, Jeff Green, Austin. Oh, they lifted, listed Austin Rivers twice. Uh, Luke Mbamute, Tabo Cephalosha, Demir, Demari Carroll, and Tyson Chandler. It says their best move was landing Christian Wood, and their worst move was dumping Robert Covington. Um, Robert Covington one's going to hurt, but I think John Wall is going to – I think he's going to stay consistent, especially with how he's playing right now. He looks athletic. He looks like he can still get to the hoop. And just that penetration is going to bring more shots for Harden. And Cousins, if he can shoot well, I mean, showed that he could shoot a little bit in Golden State when he played like five games there. So, yeah. So we're what, five or no, we're probably like eight games into the, the season now, right? Pretty mm-hmm. or six or seven. Sometimes some teams have eight, I know. And DeMarcus Cousins hasn't played yet. And John Wall's played two games. And he's got 20, over 20 points both games. Both games, yeah. Yeah, he looks really solid, actually. Um, doesn't look to be slowed down at all compared to when he was in Washington. Um, and another thing, too, I know that he's he's finding guys more, too. He had, I think, the the clip that you sent in the group chat uh, last like night. Yeah, nine assists, and he, like, saw an open P.J. Tucker in the corner. Just he was mm-hmm. driving on the left side and just kicked it right to the corner. You know, I don't and know if he did a whole lot of that in Washington. I think that's what they wanted Westbrook to do. But Westbrook just more or less just pulled up for them from that mid-range or tried to go to the hoop instead of kicking it out. Which mm-hmm. he's, Westbrook still got his, like, nine assists a game or whatever it was. But, I mean, I bet – I think John Wall can do it more efficiently and – shoot a little bit better from the field than Hart than Westbrook did. Well, definitely John Wall's more of a threat from the outside than Russell Westbrook. So teams, you know, aren't backing off and sagging off as much as they did against Russell. So it's just going to create more room for those open corner threes or, you know, Christian Wood rolling to the rim, like just like Clint Capella did when, when James Harden ran the pick and roll with him. It's going to be the same thing for Christian Wood. He's getting a lot of those alley-oop looks too so far. I think Houston's in the middle of like wanting to blow up and just rebuild and also like wanting to compete, right? They they bring in like John Wall, old big contract, like his contract's expiring. You get these hardened trade rumors. But then you also bring in like a, a young guy like Christian Wood, who's a huge, huge pickup. I didn't I really underestimated him, but he's playing great for them and I mean you bring in DeMarcus Cousins you have PJ Tucker on his last year you have um you just signed Eric Gordon I mean it's it's a weird thing where they're like competing but still like gonna blow it up I don't know 
it'll be interesting to see at the trade deadline or maybe in the, even in this next draft what they do with Harden because mm-hmm. he won't be there next year. They this was their last ditch effort to keep him though. You know, like this is them trying to keep Harden around, try to keep those ticket sales and hope and like make the playoffs. You know, like they're just trying to stay competing and yeah. And, and, and Harden's gonna bring him to the playoffs. Harden's gonna. I mean, if they don't trade him, but I don't know. I think they, I think John Wall will help. But if if Demarcus Cousins could get somewhat healthy and play for them this year, I feel like they would have a better chance of going farther in the playoffs. But I mean, even when he is healthy, he never seems to stay on the court. You know, he always gets hurt right away. I mean, they and they lost Covington, and that was a loss. But realistically, like. They got a first-round pick out of the deal, so it's not and, a huge loss. And everybody was offering for Covington. Everybody yeah. wanted – like, he – like, I think they, they were going to trade him no matter what because they were just getting good deals in return, you know. And he has a little bit of a contract, too. And, I mean, he's he's a great off-ball guy. His on-ball is, is nice, you know, but – and his three is good. He's not a great shooter, you know. So if you look at his contract and him, he's a great piece, but he's not the, like he's not your game changer. You know, but I, I guarantee every single one of the thirty NBA teams would love to have him on the roster. That's why oh, he's just a perfect three and D guy. So that's why yeah. the, the price was high for him. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they butchered that deal. So this website saying that that was their worst move. I don't know if that's the worst no. move that they made, but. They probably had, they just had to pick one, and that probably was the worst one out of all they did. But it's definitely not a bad move by any means. And it de- um, like they're definitely in a better position now. You know, they with their, they've got bigger with Demarcus Cousins, got rid of Westbrook, good move. Oh, so he went to he went with Westbrook to the Wizards. No, no. Where did Covington go? He went to Portland. 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 Oh. Let me, let me pull up the separate deal. <clears throat> pull up the trade. So Covington went to Portland in exchange for Trevor Reese and the draft rights to the number 16 pick. So the, the Rockets kept that 16th pick, but they also made a trade for they traded Ariza to the Thunder, I believe. Um I didn't even know he was in the league anymore. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a, it, they did a bunch of weird small moves. But, yeah, anyways, that's besides the point. Um, one more thing about Houston that I was going to say is that the way that they're playing now, you know, with John Wall looking good, and then if Boogie ever comes back and contributes at a decent level, um, it's just going to make things harder for Houston to trade James Harden because why would they want to give up a team that's winning game, Or, you know, why would they want to ruin a team that's winning games like that, you know? But at the same time, like, you can bring someone in to fit in that system like if DeMarcus Cousins does or to develop or like play solid and contribute you can bring in a guy like like I'm I mean you can't get Bradley Beal but like someone like him you know they can pair along with John Wall like obviously they already played together but yeah that's just like an example of what you can try to bring in because that's what you feel like that's what you need is a three and D at the at that at that guard spot to help John Wall out. Yeah, I don't know. I just think if they keep winning, it's going to be harder for Houston to trade him. And I don't know if they're going to – they're not going to get back what they want if that's the case, you know. So, I don't know. Yeah, 
I mean, he does have to play winning basketball to keep his draft stock, though. Yeah, James for sure. Does, so. For sure. Okay, next team. Moving on down the list here. Uh, the next Western Conference team is the Sacramento Kings. They spent $5.5 million in the offseason. Uh, they added Hassan Whiteside, Frank Kaminsky, Glenn Robinson III, and Tyrese Halliburton through the draft. Um, key departures, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Kent Bazemore, Harry Giles, Alex Len, and Yogi Ferrell. It says their best move was signing Glenn Robinson III at the minimum with a minor guarantee, and their worst move was losing Bogdan Bogdanovich for nothing, which I completely agree with. They should have at least matched the deal and then traded him, like a sign, do a sign-in trade, you know? There's no reason why they could just let him walk to the Hawks for nothing. I didn't get, I didn't understand that. Yeah, you got to get something. You got to get something, whether it's little or, but like nothing mm-hmm. for that guy. Like, I, they definitely dropped the ball on that one. They should have, they should have done better with that. But they did score in the draft. I think that Halliburton is going to be something special. And people are already saying he's an early front runner for rookie of the year. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think he hasn't like been Edwards, playing very well so far. Edwards and Ball are going to, you know, but I do think that like give it a few years and him and Fox in the backcourt are going to be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. They're both point guards though. That's a, that's a tricky thing. Plus they still have Buddy Heald. So I don't know where you're going to put it. You think him. they keep him? I don't know. Buddy? Yeah. Cause you could trade him no. for something. Yeah, you could definitely shift I, I don't think, yeah. I don't, and if yeah, I don't think Bill Walton likes him either, to be honest. I don't know if he'll if he'll be here. I, I'd rather take uh Halliburton too. I mean I think yeah, you can yeah. play Halliburton at the shooting guard and play Fox at the one. Like he's so long and he's so big. If he can put on a little weight, that's the part that is kind of scary about him, is that he, he's pretty he's tall and lengthy just he can get pushed around a little bit. What but, is he like? I mean, six five. Six five. Yeah, one hundred and eighty five pounds. Ooh, yeah. He needs to add some muscle yeah. for sure. Yeah, but if you think about it, he's like Culver a little bit, right? I mean, yeah. he's gonna be he's gonna be lengthy. He's gonna be a scorer, and I think he actually has some pretty good defense too. Mm-hmm. So he'll turn out. I like him. I thought he was a steal where they got him too. That was yeah for at sure. 12. I'd take him. Yeah, I was definitely surprised to see him on the board still over some of the guys that were drafted before him. Um, there was talks of him actually being in the top five at one point right before the draft. But, uh, yeah, like you said, it was a steal for the Kings. Um, yeah, I that that Bogdan Bogdanovich move just got me – it just got me thinking, like, what what, what did the, the Kings see – that benefited them the most out of not doing a sign-in trade out of the whole deal. Well, they, that Bucks trade got like it got all messed up right at the end too. So it it like it went through for a little bit and then it. Uh, yeah, but in both those situations, the Kings had the opportunity to match that. that they did, sheet. so they had enough time. And they there. didn't. Yeah, the, yeah, they had plenty of time. They but yeah, because and they didn't. The Hawks gave him the. The initial offer and the Kings, I think, had four days to match it. Two or, or maybe it was only three, but still, like they had more than enough time to 
to match a contract. Yeah, and they then, they flat out just let him go. Yeah, they didn't want him. I yeah, it's a really confusing move. But uh, anything else on the Kings? How much I did like, they get Hassan White tied for? I think it was that that five and a half million. I think that's all they spent on him. Yeah, or or maybe it was maybe it was like a two or three million dollar because I know that he was really cheap. That's good. He's if you terrible. Can hit, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's realistically he's terrible. But he was overpaid for so long. I'll take it. I'll take that. Give mm-hmm. me in for five million. Yeah, for sure. All right. Next team on the list: Memphis Grizzlies. They spent forty nine and a half million. Uh, they added Mario Hazonia and Desmond Bain. He was their draft pick. Um, their key re-signings were De'Anthony, Mel- De'Anthony Melton, Jonte Porter, and John Conchar. Conchar. Key departures were Josh Jackson, Anthony Tolliver. Their best move, they re-signed De'Anthony Melton on a team-friendly deal, and it says they had no bad moves. Worst move, none. So um, I think it was pretty quiet for the Grizzlies. They basically brought everybody back. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to say with the Grizzlies. I mean, they're just, they're just keeping, keeping their team. Yeah. yeah, they're just kind of rolling right now. And when you have that many young guys on the roster, there's really no point in to try to, you know, blow mm-hmm. it up or big yeah. bring older guys in because you might as well see what you got. Yeah. And the Grizzlies definitely impressed people last year with how well John Morant and Brandon Clark both played. You know, they're really, Morant showed out last year. Yeah. Well, yeah, rookie of the year. And then Brandon Clark was a, a big piece too. He's he looks good for how, how low he was in the draft as well. I think he was like the fifteenth pick. Yeah, he's like undersized that. though, which is the thing that could hurt him in the future, but he's super athletic. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, they have you know Jaron Jackson Jr., which I think he might still be hurt. I don't know if he's back yet. Um, I don't know if he's played yet this season, but he's a promising young power forward. Um, Dylan Brooks is a shooting guard that got paid last year. I know they gave him that big four-year extension. I don't know yeah. if it, I don't know if he quite deserved it or not. I don't know if he's that good, but we'll see. Um, he's one of those streaky shooters that can get really hot one game and then really cold the next. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I don't think I would have paid him that, but I think they want to. They know what they're going for. They want to mm-hmm. build around uh, Morant. You know, I. I think Jackson, this year, Morant, Jackson, and Clark have to take a big jump. And I think if they do that, they'll have – I mean, they could land a good free agent. And they're one they're one top 20 player away from being the fifth seed, you know? Like, they're being competing in the playoffs. They're not far out. So Is Josh still hurt? Or did he – was that ankle injury only like a couple of days? No, I think he's out a couple of weeks, so he'll probably yeah. be back in a week or two. Okay. But that yeah, there's too good. no, it completely rolled it. Done that in my time too. It's yeah. never fun. <laughs> no. Um, mm-hmm. What was I going to say? Oh yeah, our boy, well, I should say our Minnesota boy, Tyus Jones is now the starting point guard in his place. So that's really? cool. <laughs> Didn't think you would ever get a starting role. <laughs> nah, he, he, set he, was, the, he set the NBA record for turnover to assist ratio. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not scoring 20 points. Oh, yeah. Game, but he's giving you – like I think he's a great, solid bench player. Really? Yeah, yeah, he did What's that like, in his last year in Minnesota, and I I still can't believe that we didn't bring him back. How, just give him something. Players. 
Yeah. How's this three-pointer? It's not bad by any not means. Bad. No. Yeah, I mean, no. He's just not a great scorer. That's not what his game is, though, either. He's a distributor, playmaker and distributor, and he's a decent defender, yeah. too. Yeah, he'll never be a starter. No. And he'll never probably be a six-man. Like, But he's a great guy that – I mean, if you don't have to pay him, he's a great guy to have on your team. Mm-hmm. He's just going to – He's going to do everything you need. And if I remember right, he only got paid like nine or 10 million from the Grizzlies. And I still don't understand why the Timberwolves wouldn't give him that kind of money to bring him back. Just pay him. Just pay yeah. Him. He's right. a Minnesota I, guy. He played yeah. well. He yeah, he it, did. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, he won that championship at Duke. So he definitely has, he, he can be a clutch player if he's asked to, you know, and I think there was a couple times where he had some big shots in games for us as, as a Timberwolf, and then uh, it just puzzles me why they didn't bring him back. Maybe yeah. I'm just being too much of a homer, too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's probably a little bit a bias. Definitely could be, mm-hmm. You know, I, I actually – quick story about Tyus Jones. I actually met him up in the cities, which is really cool. Um, and also at uh, in Mankato, there the Timberwolves had a, a – uh, dunks it was called dunks after dark i was going to, to college at msu and they they came and um i actually got to meet zach levine as well back when we drafted oh, nice. him so yeah it was pretty cool they yeah, came to Man- mankato for a few years so yeah anyways next team i have on the list here is the utah jazz uh they spent 80.7 million key additions were Derek favors and then they drafted Yudoka Azubuike, Azubuike. I don't know how you say it. Um, and they also re-signed Jordan Clarkson. They let go of Ed Davis, Emmanuel Moutier, Tony Bradley, and Rajon Tucker. Uh, it says their best move was re-signing Derek Favors, and worst move was or overpaying Jordan Clarkson. Which I don't know if I agree with that. No, Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, I think it was a, a big good move for them. Yeah, I was going to disagree yeah. with that too. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of money, but. He got like 20 million. Did he get 20 million? Yeah, I don't know what he got. I think Um, it was like 20 million. It was a four year, $52 million contract. No, not 20 million. Which, I mean, a spark plug off the bench is going to come in and just get you points, you know? Right. It is a lot to play a guy coming off the bench, though. That is a lot of money. Yeah, but I. But it's a six man. It's like that Lou Williams role, you know? As as long as he's producing and he's not injured. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. It's a good contract. He's got to, he's got to stay consistent throughout the contract. But I think if he did what he did last year, I like the contract. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's bad. And they signed um, Mitchell to the rookie max and Gobert, right? Yep. Yeah, they, they gave him the. It wasn't quite the the super max that you know Giannis got, but yeah, he still got like two hundred mil though, didn't he? Yeah, it was like two hundred eight, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone yeah. on Twitter say you can average 11 points and get paid. Yeah. Shaq. Shaq, yeah, Shaq said that. that. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, he said that on Inside the NBA. Like you can average 11 half-time. points yeah. and get paid 200 mil. But that's not why they paid him. Like, that, no, that's, a, that's a ridiculous he take. That, yeah. Yeah. But he's still in he would be. He would be a I great think... player next to another great player or players, you know? I'm okay with paying him that if you just say just because he locks on the paint. That paint, he's the best defender. You know, he locks it all down. Mm-hmm. When he's on the floor, you know, you know, you, your whole game plan changes. He's a game changer. 
Well, for the last three or four but years, I don't he's... think that he's got to play with the right people, you know? Yeah. But he's got to, I would like to see him play with Shy if he teamed up with Shy in OKC. OKC. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is a good fit. I think they need one more there in Utah to do anything. They're not ever going to win a championship with just those two. I think that's why the Jazz paid both of them. Beat the Nuggets. Yeah, I think the the Jazz paid both of them so that way they can hopefully win. And Donovan Mitchell becomes an even better player, and I think that's what they're banking on. Otherwise, you don't pay him that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't think Shaq's out of knocking him for the eleven points because he's obviously impacts the game in other ways. Like he's won Defensive Player of the Year like twice, Mm -hmm. once or twice. So I mean, up for it every single year. Yeah, and I so I think Shaq was just saying that in like the fact that you don't have to be an offensive god to be in the NBA. You know, like you don't yeah. have to be because all these kids just. No, and Shaq, countries. Shaq was probably taking a little bit. He of definitely shots. could. He definitely. Shaq could was probably cause... saying, "I scored twenty <laughs> and your defense." You know. Yeah, for sure, but know. that's a one. Shaq's probably just trying to start something. I don't think he likes Rudy either because of the COVID situation. I think everybody at TNT kind of was just told not to like Rudy Obert. The, the whole situation. Situation. Yeah, that was funny. That was hilarious. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care what anybody says. That was common. Next one. All right, next one on the list is the Denver Nuggets. Uh, it says they spent 34 and a half. Uh, they added Jamichael Green, Facundo, Campazzo, Isaiah Hartenstein, RJ Hampton through the draft, and then Zeke and Najee through the draft as well. Zeke and Najee. Najee, yeah. They uh, re-signed Paul Millsap. They let Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumlee, Torrey Craig, and Kata Bates-Diop walk. Uh, best move. Was what... questionable. Yeah. Jeremy Grant. I think he yeah. I mean, I well, think he, he didn't. Did. They offered him the money. He they offered him. He just wanted the spot. That he wasn't going to start and get the opportunity. But he said the Pistons said, "Here's the starting spot. Here's an opportunity to show." And maybe he got a little bit more money too. But he chose to go to the Pistons. He chose to leave. Yeah, the Nuggets did everything they could to keep him. You know, they matched the co- the contract that the Pistons gave him. But Jeremy Grant, I, which is kind of weird because he's only averaged like less than 10 points a game for his career. He just wanted that number one. He wanted to be the guy, which is, I don't know. We'll see if he yeah, can he, do it in Detroit. He had a he had a great bubble. Like his yeah. time in the bubble, he played really, really well. So. But most of that was on the defensive side, though, because he had a he had every single game he was guarding the best player on the court, whether it was a, a guard or a big man, cause just because he's that versatile. But yeah. I think that's why his bubble was so great, because he actually shut most people down for the most part. Yeah, he was definitely yeah, he was, he was really good. He moved in that playoff run that they had last year. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't come back three to one twice without him, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Right. Jamal Murray's not playing that defense, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the only th- no. Go what, ahead. That? No. Go ahead. The only thing that I would say, um, the like other big move that that I mean, I like Zeke Naji too. I think that he's going to be a guy that takes a little bit of time, but I think he'll, he'll he'll end up turning out. The Denver Denver does it every year. They just get great players for steals. Mm-hmm. I've loved that. I mean, they got Porter. He was injured, but they drafted Porter. Porter's going to turn out to be great, you know, whether he's there or not. 
They got Bobo with the 44th pick. I would have taken Bobo in the first round. And I'll, I'll stand by that. By the end of his year, he's going to be a first rounder. But, I mean, he really a lot of the guys the that they – he looked amazing yeah. in the bubble. He was yeah. Awesome. They gave he didn't, him he didn't play until the bubble either. Yeah, I know. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they did it again in this draft getting RJ Hampton. I love that guy. You know, he he kind of did the bit with uh, LaMelo where they went to Australia overseas, he played play instead of going to college. What's up? He didn't. I think he yeah. struggled. Yeah, and it – it hurt his stock, obviously. It, I, but I, I think that he'll like come back over here, get thrown in the G League, and be great. I think he's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, they had him at 18. I think he was a top 10 before he went to Australia. So. Yeah, the thing with Denver, they don't really have defense now because uh, of the loss of Mason Plumley, who's just a defensive-minded center who can rebound. And then Jeremy Grant, who's a really versatile, you know, four, if you can call him that. Um, so they lost a ton of de- – oh, and Torrey Craig. Torrey Craig was a good role player off the bench for him as well. They, they lost a ton of defense, which I think might come back to hurt them throughout the, the regular season and maybe even the playoffs when it comes to specific matchups. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, like you said, they did good through the draft again. Uh, and going back to another point you said about drafting – um, those steals in the draft, like Bull Bull and even Michael Porter Jr., Denver was good enough to be able to afford to draft somebody like that, though, that you can actually take a flyer on. Um, where yeah. most teams in that position, they have to draft someone who can play now, who can fit in their system right there. And so that's why Denver has done a good job, and it makes them look like they're just geniuses on that side of the things because they've taken flyers on guys, and it's turned out so far pretty well. So. Yeah. Which yeah. you hear of it working, you hear of it not working out more of the times than it works out, you know? Exactly. Yep. Yeah, they've done every. I think the only thing they need now is for Murray to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Just do what he did in the bubble consistent. I mean, not those numbers, but no, you can't. He's got to show numbers. up every night. Yeah. You know, if he shows up every night and Jokic shows up, I mean, Jokic does Jokic, you know, yeah. he's the best center if, in the league. If Murray just comes in and come like comes in with like 22, 23, and eight. Like twenty three and seven assists, I think he could be. I think that's all. The Jokic. I think he's got to get closer to twenty five. I think he has to get around twenty five. Well, Jokic already averages like twenty eight, doesn't he? No. Yeah, no. It's way less than that. If he would average twenty eight with the amount of rebounds and assists he got, that would be MVP type numbers. There's no way he averages that much. I thought he was up there. It's probably up over 20 maybe 22 or 23 yeah yeah you're right it was lower 20s yeah yeah because those are mvp type numbers if it's 28 points plus you know 10 rebounds and eight or nine assists like what he usually gets those are crazy numbers yeah he's putting up 23 a year this year okay which that's that's where i say murray needs to put up more because if you have two guys i mean Jokic is your number one if murray's your number two and he puts up 25 then it's on the rest of your team to come out and play. You know, mm-hmm. your superstars are doing what they need. All right, so we'll keep things moving here. Go to the next team. Uh, we'll try not to be too biased here with this one. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh. 
they spent 81 million. They added Ricky Rubio, Ed Davis. Uh, it says they added Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who they did release. Um, and Anthony Edwards was their number one draft pick. They re-signed Malik Beasley and watch over. Her- <laughs> Worst move should have been Hernan Gomez. He is dog water. That man is not good at basketball. Is- <laughs> I, I would rather take the Malik Beasley off court troubles than Hernan Gomez. Yeah. I just wanted to get that out there. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, it, it the, does say... you know what Malik Beasley did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, before you say that, yeah, I heard. the guy it took an AR, it's bad with a good. scope and put it <laughs> to his family's car, like, and watched them drive it down, like, scoped them, aimed them down until they left his property. I, like, I mean, I, thought, that I knew he was involved with a gun. Behavior. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. He's got a few felonies, but you know. A guy like that gets 80 mil. Let's just let's back up the money truck. I, I like him. Get off my team. Yeah. And Lehman. Why do you have NBA contracts? You're done. Yep. Move on. Nobody so, likes you. Like, stop playing in the NBA. <laughs> you know, I was trying to keep the keep the bias out of this one, but apparently it's pretty strong here. <laughs> uh, so with the Malik Beasley deal, it's a four-year, $60 million deal. So 15 a year. Um Right now he's playing that six man role coming off the bench so far in every game that he's he's been he's played. Uh, I don't know if I like that paying the guy fifteen million dollars to to come off the bench. It's I don't know. He is a smart. And you just drafted a shooting guard with your number one overall pick. Right. Which what what do you like who do you what's the lesser of the two evils here? You don't start your number one overall pick or you don't start the guy you just paid fifteen million dollars a year for. Like which one? Yeah, no. Yeah, it's tough. It's, it's yeah. Cause he can't play the three really. I mean you can put him there, but he's not defending the three. No, at least Edwards, he has the the size for it. Like cause he's a huge guy. He just turned nineteen last month. And he's 6'5", 235. That's insane for a rookie. Edwards is a prospect. I yeah. think that's what people are like. Wiseman's a prospect, but, like, Wiseman's going to – you're going to see him come in and, like, produce a little bit, you know. He's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. I think Wiseman, two, three years down the road, is just going to – you're going to be like, whoa. Yep. This guy is huge. Yeah. Because he's built like a truck, you know. Like, if he's coming – he's coming down the lane, he's going to – his athleticism and weight and height and everything, that's that's tough to beat. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad they took I'm glad they took Edwards over ball though. I wouldn't have been happy if they took ball. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, if we would have taken uh James Wiseman right now or with, with the number one pick, uh like he would be our starting center right now. It would have him and Towns down low with D'Lo running the pick and roll. Maybe we could get that dream scenario with D'Lo getting that pick and roll. But this is off of that, which we never do. Right, right. Um, yeah, I think the Timberwolves would definitely be in a better place than they are right now, uh, having drafted James Wiseman over Anthony Edwards, just because James Wiseman would be getting a ton of looks uh, offensively and you know defensively too. He's he's a, a guy that we don't have right now. We don't have a big who can really play defense and rebound or set good screens for D'Angelo Russell. And that's why the Timberwolves are actually looking pretty bad. Um, 
as of late. We've lost three in a row. And, you know, it doesn't help that Towns has been out. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's one thing for sure, and we've talked about this before. We have our disagreements with the Timberwolves' future yeah. and the direction <laughs> that they should take. Oh, and man, maybe how, that's how long did we talk about that? Time. Like 30, 40 minutes at least? <laughs> just that. Like it yeah. started and just went on. So, I mean, we could save that or do that, but and it starts with that pick, you know? Mm-hmm. You had, like, Wiseman is a great guy. I think Wiseman's going to be great when he's when he's moved on. And right now, it would be great to have Wiseman with Cat out. But how well would they have worked together, you know, would have been the only thing. I think it would have helped our system. We would have had a power forward. We wouldn't have had an over stacking of guards, you know. Right, the and then the, it wouldn't have looked terrible. It would have actually made sense too, you know. Like, oh yeah, well it makes sense that they re-signed this guy. They brought him back because they need a shooting guard, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but do you pass up on Edwards? I think Edwards, his size and speed and athleticism is just. It's too tempting, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. He got me. He's taken a lot of shots in these recent games. He's taken like almost 20, if not more, per game. He's not hitting them at a very efficient rate either. Uh, So it's tough to say like, man, this guy looks really good as a rookie because he's not hitting a lot of shots and he's shooting very inefficiently. Um, But some of the positive things that he's done so far is he has been playing decent defense at times. And he can hit threes. It, you know, as a rookie, it's always tough to to grade someone how good of a shooter they are because they have to adapt to the game. They have to adapt to NBA level defense and just shooting at the NBA range too is uh, is another thing they have to get used to. But um, he can hit threes. That's one thing that is a positive. Like Derek Culver could not really do that for us last year very often. He had like a ten or fifteen game stretch there where he looked pretty good, but. Um, so far, Anthony Edwards looks like a better shooter so far than Jared Culver. And, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how he turns out. That defense is going to help. Yeah. That defense is going to help him big time. That's what Especially we need on the Timberwolves. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what we need. Yep. All right, moving on. I'm almost out of Western Conference teams. We've got the Clippers. Uh, looks like they spent $91 million. They brought in Serge Ibaka and Luke Kennard. Uh, they let, or they re-signed Marcus Morris and Patrick Patterson. Um, Montrez Harrell, uh, they let go to the Lakers. Landry Shamit was in a trade and so was Jermichael Green. Says best move was winning the Serge Ibaka sweepstakes and the worst move was overpaying Marcus Morris. I like the Ibaka trade. That brings in that veteranship and him and Kawhi have already played together. So, I mean, I think that just... I mean, he did hit Kawhi in the face, but I mean, I think they're going to be able to get past that and maybe make it to the Western Conference Finals this year. Not get upset by the Denver Nuggets, hopefully, and get an L.A. Finals, hopefully. But I do like that Ibaka trade. I think that he was he's going to bring that defense and intensity. I think he might – that fills that Montrez Harrell void right there. I think you avoided the big contract with Montrez and – got in Ibaka so yeah I think that was an upgrade yeah anytime you add Ibaka to your team you're getting better he's he does he rebounds I mean his rebounding got better last year to the like he's how old he's 
He's almost forty, you know. I mean, he's no, he's early thirties. No, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's <laughs> no, like thirty-two, thirty-three. Yeah, yeah so he basically, is. Yeah. basically forty, basically forty. <laughs> um, nah, but the blocking, the defense, he fits in with Kawhi. He likes Kawhi, you know. It's it's the perfect it's the perfect fit. It's the perfect destination for him. It really helps them in terms of being able to space the floor too, because Ibaka can hit a three. He hits mid-range shots all the time. Montrezl Harrell can't really do that. He's a post-up guy who rebounds and plays hard defense. Yeah, and Montrezl Harrell had chemistry issues too. That I mean, you don't lose. You don't lose a three-one lead. Like you don't blow that unless there's something like wrong with your team. You know, you have Kawhi and Paul George, and I know Pandemic P was Pandemic P. But like you, those are two guys that you just get over it. And then you have Lou Williams, Lou Williams, and Montrez Harold. Montrez Harold can—he's a scorer. You know, he can score the ball. I don't know. It, it made sense to get rid of him, and he even kind of came out and said it. If you look at like some of his tweets and what he said in to reporters, he just says like they didn't want me. They didn't want me back. But, but yeah, I and I think the Clippers would say, yeah, you know, we don't, yeah. we didn't, you cause problems, you know, the, the chemistry fit. But bring in a quiet guy like Ibaka who's just gonna do his job and like I, and he's an I, enjoyable guy to be around. Yeah. Like nobody I, has I, problems with Ibaka. I think they're trying to split up that Patrick Beverly thing that what happened last year with all the the screaming and talking trash and on the benches that. That just wasn't a good look for them at all, especially when you get upset three to one. Makes you look like you just don't care about what you got, like what your team stands for. And I mean, that just made it show that they just weren't, they shouldn't be there, you know? They got, they lost for a reason, you know? There's a bunch of locker room stuff going on because I know, I don't know if Montrose Harrell was one of the only guys who felt this way, but I'm sure there was more than one. Uh, they, they just got tired of the special treatment to Kawhi and Paul George. I think that's what, what started it all. But you can you go into that situation knowing that they're going to get that special treatment. Like you see that your entire life, you know, like you, yeah, you but, grow uh, up, but the only thing with that is like you're Lou Williams. You've been in the league forever. Yeah. And then like but so Kawhi, is, Paul George and Kawhi is making your plane late. Like, and don't don't forget oh, I, your plane's delayed two hours. Yeah. You're waiting on Kawhi to show up. Like it was delayed two hours. Well, yeah, yeah because Kawhi. every away game they had to wait on Kawhi because he lives an hour from LA. Uh, like they, he had to drive to LA, and then they went. And he was, I guess, never on time is what it sounds like. They were always waiting on him to to show up and get on the team. And it's and it's not just that. Like these are just the things that you hear about, you know. Right. So these yeah. are just. There's a lot of little things like this that go on that if you're a veteran player, you don't like, why is this? Why I've been here, you know, forever and he gets all this special treatment, you know, what's going and on? Don't, don't forget either. The year before Kawhi and Paul George came in, they made the playoffs as like a scrappy, like, I think they were the A seed. Like Danilo Gallinari was there. Um, mm-hmm. And Landry Shamit was a big part of that. Patrick Beverly was huge. Montrez was huge. You know, they made the playoffs as a scrappy team. So I think, Another thing is that was in the, always in the back of their mind is like, why do we have to have these superstars come in and them get star treatment all the time? And we made the playoffs. Like we that already proved not it. winning a ring though. That no, but that just, I don't think but that helped things at all. I, I understand that that gets tedious and annoying, but to like, 
you got to sacrifice, you know, like I understand that waiting on someone for an hour is a pain in the ass, but it's Kawhi. Like I, it's <laughs> yeah. like this top five best player in the league. Like, even though you're Lou Williams and you've been with the Clippers forever, like you, you haven't won a ring yet, man. Like you gotta, like you take a guy like that to help you win a ring for your like legacy and your, like get it. Like, I don't understand it. I would wait an hour for a guy to show up for a plane to make sure that he gets me to the playoffs and gets me contending for a ring, you know? That's mm-hmm. like, yeah. maybe you guys disagree with that, but I just don't see that as an issue. No, if if I played in the NBA, yeah, I would love to have a ring over, you know? I'd be a six-man on get. a, like, on a just give me my ring team. Yeah, exactly. That's what I want. Take the eighth seed, but I mean. You get Kawhi, like you're gonna have issues. He's proven himself. He deserves that. He maybe doesn't deserve that exact treatment, and like maybe they say something. But Kawhi is like 32. He's been in the league for a while now, and he's won two rings, two Finals MVPs, defense. But like he's, I don't know. I think he deserves to get a little bit of a veteran treatment, even though he is still considered a superstar and not like an old vet yet, but. Well, he's won two championships, so you'd think that he wouldn't have to go out and prove himself, you know? Yeah, but, yeah, I understand that. But I, I just yeah. – I would make that sacrifice for a guy like Kawhi to be on my, on my team for sure. And uh, and the way Paul George is playing right now, I would take Paul George. Like, if he's getting special treatment, like, as long as we're winning the games, I don't care. But that's just personal preference at that point. All right, moving on. Uh, we got the Golden State Warriors coming in next. They spent $4.6 They added Kelly Oubre, Kent Bazemore, Brad Wanamaker, and James Wiseman. They uh, did not bring back Kai Bowman. Their best move, it says, was trading for Kelly Oubre, and they, according to the website, had no bad moves. Um, Kelly Oubre finally hit a three last week, so that was, that was good. <laughs> To start out the year, he was like one for 31 or something like that on everything that wasn't a dunk. <laughs> that is not, not, not good at basketball. Did not have a good start. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. They gave up that, a first and a second round pick to get him. To get Kelly yeah. Ray in that trade. That's a that's well, tough. Clay Thompson going down right before the draft kind of blew everything up, though. Like, mm-hmm. You gotta yeah, bring, that was super unfortunate. You got to try to bring something in, even though like Kelly Oubre did play well with the Suns last year, you know. So I don't think he, but he didn't even play in the bubble, and that's when they went in. No, no, he didn't play any in anything. In the, they did all that without Kelly Oubre. Oh, really? Damn. I thought he was part of that at least. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't think he was a bad part last year. But obviously this year, something happened. Something got to yeah. him. Maybe he's he costing just... them games, you know. He's and, been like and, this Andrew his whole Eagle. career. Even in Washington, he wasn't a great player. Uh, and I think that's why the Wizards kind of gave up on him and traded him as well. Because he's, just, he's an exciting player, very streaky guy, hot and cold. You know, some games great and some games he just looks awful. Uh, and, and, he, and how much are the Warriors really trying to win this year? Like, you know, like you got a developing center, you have your 
the best shooting guard in the league just went down with another injury and that's going to take him out for the whole year. So I mean, if you talk to most people, most people had them in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I, I thought they were going to be good, too, because I thought Kelly I, would come out and play a little bit. And, like, I thought – I mean, I mean who, I the, who's on the team? There's no – Draymond very, washed. I don't think Draymond's I mean, played. I, I see him announcing all the time, but I don't see him on the court ever. <laughs> like – Draymond Green is the Ronda Rousey of the, of the NBA. <laughs> I swear, that's what he is. That's what he's going to become. He's he's good for a little bit. Did you see, and he was like he's just going to sell out. He was like me and Steph changed the game of basketball. Oh Did my! You see that? Did you see that interview? That he definitely changed take. basketball with like the positionless the small ball. stuff. Yeah, yeah but yeah. he didn't. He didn't change, like, he didn't do anything that significant to change, you know. Yeah. Like, he was just a part of it. Oh, yeah. He's an, he's an idiot, yeah. Everybody knows that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Simple as that. I don't know. I like their James Wiseman move. I'm glad they didn't take ball, they yeah. could have taken ball and went for the media star. Glad mm-hmm. they didn't. Wiseman's gonna be the move. Curry's gonna like having a big man finally, 100%. Good. They they did what they could. Yeah, like you were saying earlier, everyone basically had them as playoff locks to before that, you know, Clay Thompson injury happened, regardless of who they were gonna draft, whether it was Wiseman Ball or you know, Anthony Edwards, wherever it ended up. Um if they have Thompson right now, they they're sitting top of the league, I bet. They're, well, yeah, the yeah, the splash bros. Yeah. They've yeah. proven they, it year after year they win. Especially with that Wiseman pick, that Wiseman pick is going to bring the defense, that interior defense, and a little bit of rebounding. Like he, he almost makes up for the power forward himself. He's so big. Like yeah, and well, he's, he's playing like, the Andrew Bogut role that they, yeah. that, you know, when they won their championships. Andrew Bogut was such an underappreciated part of those. Mm-hmm. Very good rebounder, very good defender, and screener. Amount of points Curry got off those screens. So do you think the Warriors make the playoffs this year? No. Not unless even like they, uh, the playing game? That's what I was going to say. Unless they'd have to sneak in and they'd have to win that mm-hmm. to get in the playoffs. Otherwise, they don't have a shot. Right. The team's just not deep enough. And it's it does, it does the superstars that are on the floor aren't good enough. You know, I mean, Curry's Curry, but that's it. That's all. Mm-hmm. You don't have anything else. If you expect – I mean, if you expect Andrew Wiggins to do anything for you on a nightly basis, he's proven it in Minnesota year after year. He sucks. Yeah. And he, he can't do that. So, well, I've told you guys multiple times, I'm really, really surprised at what we got back for him. And I'm so oh, happy yeah. he's not in Minnesota anymore. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how we got that for him. I mean, I don't know. There's somebody said, don't give up on, on him this guy has potential and he should be fired and <laughs> crucified. I mean, I don't know what that guy's doing or what he saw. Get him out of here though. Yeah. I mean, we did have to give up a pretty valuable draft pick in this next upcoming draft. If, if we don't end up as a top three lottery pick, um, then that pick does not go to us. But uh, you know, that is just a sweetener to the deal. I mean, we got back D'Angelo Russell, who's not a bad player by any means. He's, he's not looking great right now, but um doesn't he doesn't have he, big man. Yeah, yeah. If you look, need, 
I saw a video. I, sh- I don't know if I sent it in the, yeah, the chat he, or not. Yeah, yeah, right. So they showed how he had Jared Allen, who's one of the best screening bigs in the NBA. And he was, you know, just rolling straight to the hoop. He'd just run straight to the hoop after each screen. And then he'd look up and the ball was right there. They showed well, a lot of clips like that. And if you don't hedge there, D'Lo pulls up for the mid-range, like, you know, and that's that's water every single time, especially if it's contested. So Right. And then if they do help there, it's the lob every time. So yeah. Pound, I think him and Towns have played three games together. Because uh, Yeah. Could, One last been, year and two this year. Yep. Yeah. So they have not played nearly enough basketball together to even – have chemistry on the court you know even though they they've known each other for so long which hopefully they can figure it out but Mm -hmm. all right we'll try to keep things moving here unless you guys have any other thoughts on the the warriors um no we're going to uh lee's team here the the dallas mavericks (laughs) they spent 23.7 they brought in josh richardson James know that went to Tim Hardaway Jr. Just <laughs> need that to be out there. That that is how much he is getting paid. Here we go again with the Tim the THJ thing. <laughs> no, you can continue. That's all. I just need everyone to know that where 18 mil of that was going. Right. So they brought in Josh Richardson, James Johnson, Wesley Wundu, and Josh Green through the draft. Uh, they re-signed Trey Burke, Willie Colley-Stein, and then, yes, Tim Hardaway Jr. did take his player option. Um, they don't have Seth Curry, Justin Jackson, or DeLon Wright anymore. It says their best move was landing Josh Richardson via trade, and their worst move was a slight overpay on Willie Colley-Stein. Um, They've been, the Mavericks overall have been playing like garbage right now because of Porzingis is being out. If Porzingis was in, they would probably be above 500. Luca would be probably playing a little bit better, but Josh Richardson has played pretty well. I think he's averaging like 18 and a half and he's shooting pretty, pretty efficiently right now. But uh, well, last think, year, the Mavericks were one of the most offensive, offensively efficient teams in NBA history. I think they, they were the most. They were the, team. yeah, they were the, the most efficient. Yeah. And they're terrible on defense though. That's yeah. the thing that, you know, and that's why the, the, the Josh Richardson move is a, a good move for them. They brought in the defense they needed. Yep. And with if Porzingis could stay on the court for ten consecutive games, like they would, that would help out the defense. And he brings that paint beast mentality. You know, he's yeah. a great shot blocker. He's seven three. You know, and he can shoot the three a little bit. So, was it was I telling you guys that I saw somewhere that Porzingis has missed like almost it was like over a third of all the games he's been a part of, whether. Like he's he's played in like two hundred something games and he sat out almost two hundred games. Makes that's sense. insane. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. And yeah. he got drafted so high with so much potential. Mm-hmm. That's it's just unfortunate, you know. Well, he yeah. got hurt right away. I think that after his halfway through his rookie year, I'm pretty sure is when he went down with the first injury. Yeah, and well, it was, the, the Knicks fans know. were booing him on draft night. They were booing the Knicks so hard, and then. When that happened, they were just calling him out again. (laughs) Yeah. And then he had those those accusations in New York when as soon as he got traded to the Mavs. So there there there's thoughts of him not even playing like ever again because of that. But Mm. so that man's went through it in his NBA career. And we need to distance ourselves from him immediately, probably. What do you guys think, think about the Willie Colley Stein, though? Uh, it help? says on here, 
I'm, I'm going to read the, the article here. And again, this is uh, a link, or I don't have the link, but it's a it's an article on hoops hype. And it says the only thing we can knock the Mavs for is a slight overpay on the Willie Collie Stein re-signing, which is two years for 8.2 million. So 4.1 a year. Um, though even that is a defensible, considering the Kentucky product probably could have landed at least an equal offer to that from an outside team. Plus, his pick-and-roll finishing will be huge next to Doncic this season, meaning the Mavs probably were better off keeping him around. So in that, that paragraph, they basically contradicted, they said. So yeah, it, uh, weird. Yeah, weird. Uh, shut up. That's yeah. not that. <laughs> Two no. years and you're paying him 4.1. He's fine. Yeah. I, that's a great pickup. Right here, sad yeah. face. They when they plan to be suitors for top free agents, including Giannis Antetokounmpo. Right. But yeah. he sadly ruined his career and resigned anyways. Uh yeah, we'll get to that when when Peyton yeah. brings up the, the Bucks. But uh, <laughs> you know, one thing to look forward to for the Mavs next season is they do have a lot of cap wow. space. Kawhi. So, I mean, Kawhi could be the guy if he decides to leave LA. Uh, we'll see. Depends on if he likes Paul George or not. Yeah, we'll see how it goes this year. Paul George took all the money anyways. Yep. All right, next Western Conference team is the Portland Trailblazers. They spent $44.1 million. They added Robert Covington, Derek Jones Jr., Ennis Cantor, and Harry Giles. They re-signed Carmelo Anthony and Rodney Hood. And they lost Hassan Whiteside, Trevor Reza, Wenyan Gabriel, and Mario Hazonia. Best move, it says, was trading for Robert Covington. Worst move was a slight overpay for Derek Jones Jr. What do you guys think? How much did Carmelo get? I believe it was like uh, one, oh, it says one year, one year, two point six. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's good. Minimum. That's a good move. That's a great move for them. Then I thought the Rodney was, yeah. Rodney Hood was two years, roughly twenty one million. He hasn't yeah, played. Good. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing about him is that he hasn't played so. They gave him the money. Uh, a lot of those two-year deals are pretty easy because you can always throw those in trades. You can mm-hmm. always – you just wait the two years, you know. So, I don't really ever have a huge issue with that unless you're really paying. You're taking up a chunk of cash. But, right. I mean, added Covington, really don't have much else to say. I mean, what – they're going to be the same team that they've been the last five years. Uh well, now they have that 3 and D wing that's definitely going to help them out, especially in the playoffs, because they couldn't really rely on anybody else to pick up, like, LeBron for, for – well, I guess he was – Yeah, but he's – Covington's not that great on ball. I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's better than most. But his bit is more off ball. I just don't think that – I mean, it was definitely the best move they could have made, and it was a good move. I just don't see them being better than a seven seed. And getting eliminated, getting eliminated in the first, no more than the second round. I just, Lillard, I love Lillard. I think that he has potential to even win an MVP. But mm-hmm, definitely, especially I, if he averages over thirty a game again. Like, yeah, yeah, he can do that. And plus, you know, the MVP voters—they're not going to be—they're probably not going to be voting for Giannis again because no one likes repeats like that in the media. So, Lillard is probably one of the top options for that, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, um, anything else you want to talk about the Derek Jones Jr. signing at all, or anything else with Portland? Uh, I mean, he's good. 
He's yeah. He's all right. I don't mind him signing him. He's not going to change anything. He's a good guy to have off the bench. Mm-hmm. Kind of a little bit surprised that the Heat didn't re-sign him or even tried to. I don't know if they tried to, but uh, yeah, just yeah. He's not much of a defensive guy. He runs the floor really well, which mm-hmm. I mean, for what they paid for him, I mean, maybe the Heat just didn't want to pay that. Right. They just leave an extra roster spot. I don't know. It wasn't. It's not a big, big deal for either of them. Right. Yeah. All right. Next team, Phoenix Suns. They spent seventy-five point seven million towards their cap. Uh, they added Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, Etwan Moore, Langston Galloway, Damian Jones, and Jalen Smith. They re-signed Javon Carter and Dario Saric, and they lost Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, Aaron Baines, and Frank Kaminsky says their best move was trading for Chris Paul, which I would I would agree with that. And their worst move was losing their two reliable backup centers and not replacing them adequately. Um, although, I mean, Aaron Baines is a two. good backup center. He was their big center last year, Aaron Baines. And yeah, then, who is the other one? Uh, Frank Kaminsky, which, eh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he lost Baines, but uh the Raptors paid Baines so yep I don't know I I think they replaced yeah they replaced them fine they drafted Jalen Smith yeah and then they, they got, I mean they signed Damian Jones too yeah they even reached I yeah. think I mean I think they I think it's okay that he got Jalen Smith got picked what was it 10 I think that's okay like that. but a lot of people thought it was, it was a reach but I think that just goes to show that they knew what they were doing this offseason you know they drafted him. They get rid of – they lose Baines to free agency. They bring in Chris Paul. You know, they – the Suns did really well. I think the Suns were – they won the free agency this year, to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah, in my opinion, I think the Suns, they had to do something going off of that 8-0 bubble. They had to, mm-hmm. to do something big like this, and that's what the Chris Paul move is. Yeah, well, Booker said – Booker proved himself, and the front office said, "All right, you've shown that you can win. Here's, here's Chris Paul. You know, here's the tools that you need." So right, exactly. To- All right, uh, next team on the list here is the Oklahoma City Thunder. It says they spent one point six million. Uh, they added Al Horford, Trevor Ariza, George Hill, Darius Miller, Justin Jackson, T.J. Leaf, and oh boy, this is going to kill me. Alexei Pokashevsky. <laughs> I think that's how you say it. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Po- yeah. Uh, Poka. Yeah. I, Poka. Could, I couldn't do it any better. <laughs> it's um, weird. It's like it's got a B in there. Right. Know? I that thought guy, for sure I was going to butcher that. That guy is sneaky. I think that uh, guy. Might... I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Just think about it. He's seven foot. He can shoot. He can, he's also I mean, a string bean. Like, he's 180 yeah, pounds. Yeah, yeah no. Definitely got a lot of downside. Yeah. But the upside, like, look at what the Thunder are doing. Shy is a big, lengthy guard. I'm pro-shy. I'm huge on shy. I think I'm I think he'll win an MVP. But then they have Dort on the eyes. Uh, the, like I mean, they list him as a shooting forward, I think, or a small forward. I mean, he's 6'3". Yeah, so that just tells you how big he can play and how dominant he is. Well, he can stop. You know, 
he could stop a three going to the hoop. I don't. He's not going to contest many jump hooks or post moves, but he can stop them from getting to the hoop. You know. Yeah, his on ball defense. I mean, he locks Harden. You know, and Harden's a big boy. Six, so seven. You know. Or, yeah. yeah. There. Yeah. So. I yeah. like. I don't know. I'm big on the Thunder. Yes. Yeah, they got the yeah. next three years of draft picks. They have the first round, almost all the lottery picks. I mean, they're set up in a perfect spot. They literally got rid of everything. Perfect. They rebuild. cleared out the whole team. Perfect rebuilds. Yeah. yeah. It says they're on this article. It says that their best move was tearing the team down and landing four first round picks in the process. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Great move. I mean, no question. And <laughs> they, they cleaned house and you know, they added Al Horford, but they got a pick that came with Al Horford. So you just eat that contract, you know, you're tanking anyways. Um, yeah. If I'm an OKC fan, I am loving my front office. If I'm Giannis, I'm going to mo- I'm going to OKC just for the front office. Who do you, who do you think they're gonna? They could. They have enough for at least one max, don't they? Um, yeah, I don't know if they did. They pay. Um, I don't know if they paid shy yet, but they no, have, it's oh, coming up. Oh yeah, it's coming three up. maxes. I mean, they could get two two big players full max contracts. Well, Al Horford's already close to a max deal, so you'd have to get, and he's got like at least two or three more years left on his deal. Because oh, does he really? Well, I yeah, the the Seventy Sixers, no, the Seventy Sixers paid him last year, and it did not work. I think he's gonna want out though. I think he's gonna request a trade. Like Who's gonna want him? <laughs> oh man, they gave him four year, one hundred nine. Yeah, so he's got like two or three years left. Two, two more after this year, and that's twenty seven and a half a year right? for Al Horford. That yep. that'll go down as one of the worst contracts in history. That's Probably. Tough. Yeah, that is. Yeah, because he he was terrible. Yeah, you can't even move. I thought like he would be able to move him out. I didn't know he had that bad of a contract. I thought he was. Only- I didn't know he had that many years left. You can't move that many years, but they're gonna be bad for that many years. So, I think they'll be okay. Worst move. Worst move was did they trade Dennis Smith or Dennis Schroeder or did they, did he leave? Yeah, they no, traded him. Oh, they did. Yeah. Who'd they get? Oh, they got picks for him. Um, I believe he was a part of the. Uh, they got Danny Green, and then they shipped Danny Green to Philly for Al Horford in the first round pick. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, That's kind of tough. Yeah. I mean, but he, I think he wanted out anyways. I don't. I think he was done with OKC. Like he said, I've played the six six man in OKC. I'm ready to play. I'm ready to start. Oh. You know. And he would have started in OKC, but I think you just get shy, you know, and you just say rebuilder on this guy. Oh, yeah. He's a stud. Yeah, I think that's their plan right now anyways. I mean, with the Al Horford thing, it was kind of a weird move taking him in, but, you know, they wanted a pick, and obviously Philly wanted to get rid of him. So they're going to be stuck with him for a little while. I would be surprised to see him go anywhere else, honestly, with the two years left after this year and the money he's being owed. It'll be it'll yeah. Be he'll tough. die in OKC, and it'll be okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 
It's it's really I mean, the only thing that's gonna hurt is that if OKC all of a sudden starts trading these picks for good players and then all of a sudden you just have a really good team with Al Horford's contract, it's like that could really hurt you. But I don't think they're gonna do that in the next two, three years. Probably not. With as many draft picks as they have in the next like seven drafts, I think they have what fifteen first round picks or 16. Se- 17, 16 or seventeen. 17? Oh my god. Just goes up and up. Yeah, so that's that's crazy. The top end, but I mean, those are still first round talents, and those are trade assets. Trade pieces, most importantly. Yep. And plus, like if the protection falls on the one year, then it's an uh, unprotected pick the next year for the teams that do have the protections on it. If it goes back to them, yeah. Then it counts as an unprotected picks for the the next year's draft which is crazy like it's they'll have multiple draft picks multiple first round picks for the next however many years or seven years yeah yeah it's nuts they did a really great they did a great job blowing up that team yeah they, they gave them a the grade was an a from this website so a plus man like you, <laughs> you brought in four picks four first round picks that's insane. yeah for trading like average players too like Dennis Dennis Schroeder is he's not a top tier guard in the in the league you know but you end up getting a first round out of him but he's a very important six man but. all right next team here we got the New Orleans Pelicans it says they spent 159.9 million they added Steven Adams Eric Bledsoe Willie Hernan Gomez and Kyra Lewis uh, they re-signed Brandon Ingram. They departed, let's see, key departures, Drew Holiday, Derek Favors, Etwan Moore, Jaleel Okafor, Frank Jackson, Darius Miller, and Kenrich, Kenrich Williams, Kenrich Williams. Uh, best move says the haul they got for Drew Holiday, and the worst move was none. So what did they get from Milwaukee? Four or first round, four or five first round picks. Yeah, Plus, so I'll, I'll touch up a little bit more on the Bucks. We'll have okay. a good segment on the Bucks and that <laughs> trade alone. But they definitely won that trade. I think um he was going either way. Drew Holiday was gone. Um th- there was teams that were the re- a part of the reason why the Bucks paid so much in, on top of them wanting to resign Giannis is that there were other teams throwing their bid in for Drew Holiday. I know that the uh the Hawks were interested and they were talking you know so when you hear that other players are interested and you're really trying to make a move for a player like that you know you do overpay sometimes and I mean that's what happened and they won and they also they're in a little bit of they're in a weird spot right they have these these big body guys in Bledsoe and Adams that they bring in um they got older and they're also super young uh, I think they could be something. I don't think Bledsoe brings a lot. It's a huge, huge downgrade from Drew Holiday. I don't but, know about huge downgrade. Um, yeah, he's pretty bad. He's not. He's Bledsoe's not. He's not here. bad by any means. Um, he just didn't. He didn't, He never played well in the playoffs his whole career. And Milwaukee, I think, got tired of that because outside of Giannis and Chris Middleton, they have nobody else. Um, so I think they just wanted. That's why they made the move. They needed that guy that can help create and be a, a consistent 
player for them in the playoffs. And that's exactly what Drew Holiday is. He can guard anybody. You saw him, I don't know if you saw the video before the season started of him guarding Giannis and Giannis was driving to the hoop and Drew Holiday shut him down multiple times. That's impressive for a 6'4 guard like that. Yeah, he plays way bigger than he Oh, yeah, is. definitely. Can, you put him on the floor, just tell him to guard somebody. He'll do, you know, he's going to do great. Yeah. He also brings better playmaking than Bledsoe. And I would say better scoring, too. You know, I mean, Drew Dolladay's scoring is going to be insane, but it's going to be better than Bledsoe gave you. Bledsoe yeah. gave you 13, 5, and, like, 2 every night. Like, come on, man. Just – you have just produce, you know, but I think, I think that his contract will die out in New Orleans. Um, I don't know. I think New Orleans will be okay with it. Maybe they can move him. I don't think you're going to get much for him anymore, but they have a, they have a really good core there. Yeah. And definitely I, I think that the the Pelicans are still going to be in the hunt for the playoffs. Um, because Steven Adams is not a bad player by any means. I expect them to be in the playoffs. I mean, with that team, they yeah. sh- and how big Zion is, God, that's they should be in the playoffs. It was something special, man. That was a spin move. Yeah, that crossover. Yeah, that spin move oh, to a, to a layup. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> Only he can do that type of stuff on the. Back. Siakam does that twenty times going on fast breaks a night and. Don't ever see it. Zion does it once in his career, and um, <laughs> the headline of every page. It's 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 sad. They have exactly what they need for a great team, though. They have a facilitating point guard, a scoring a main scorer in Brandon Ingram, a big with Zion that can rebound and uh, play some defense, you know, and and now Stephen Adams, which just brings even more defense and rebounding to their team. So. The only problem that I have is that, um, like, if you're going to have all Zion and be big on Zion, where's the spacing going to be? Yep. That that team doesn't have a whole lot of space. But that team should be the best rebounding team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Steven Adams and, like, you give up what you can give up on transition. You got Bledsoe, you know, Lonzo. Those guys are bigger guys that can get back and just help you in transition. I'm I'm sending those guys to the offensive boards. You know, I think you can easily lead the NBA, and I think that's where you're going to win your games is if you can control the offensive boards and, and defensive boards. When they added a new coach too, in Stan Van Gundy, and he's he's had multiple stints in the NBA. Um, I guess what he's been known for mostly is his defense. Which, if you can turn that Pelicans team into a really good defensive team that's going to be a dangerous because they already have the scoring, like you said, Lee with Brandon Ingram and then Zion, he can contribute quite a bit. And then Lonzo, he's just going to give those guys shots. And then they have JJ Redick uh, coming off the bench. He flamethrower, you know, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be good to see. They turned that team around by trading one guy. Right. Anthony Davis literally turned them into a potential, like a potential contender, you know? Well, yeah, just think two years ago, like Pelicans fans, like they, they didn't know what to, to think of the Pelicans because they were just a mediocre team. Anthony Davis wanted out. They thought that it was all over because their star player Literally. wanted out. And how many people were just shitting on him for not yeah. trading them? Like, right. get rid of Anthony Davis. He doesn't want to be here. Move him, move him, move mm-hmm. him. And they were patient. And then look at what they got for him. They right. got a load. They got Brandon, you know. That's what I think. Houston has to do with Harden 
you have a great player. Now, he's not as young as Anthony Davis, so you're not going to get as much. But you're still going to get an amazing player and picks. Mm-hmm. I expect nothing less for James Harden. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you got it's rare that you see a team like Los Angeles having three guys that can that have that much upside, you know? Like, mm-hmm. well, if you, Josh Hart isn't on the – well, is Josh Hart still there? Yeah, he's he's still on there, and he's a decent role player too. Not great by any means, but he wasn't gonna be great going in there. You know, he was gonna be coming off the bench. But like Lonzo's turning into like a great true point guard. You know, like he's just great facilitator, good defender, shoot the three a little bit better than he has before. So I mean, if he can sustain that, then the more space and the better. You know, but yeah, they have they have a great start right now that in New Orleans for sure. I feel like they have a lot of upside. If Zion can stay healthy, which I don't think he's going to be able to, but if he stays healthy, that's going to be a big part for them. Yeah, in order Tyler, for Z- no, go ahead. What's your take on Zion? I mean, me and Lee are pretty anti-Zion. What are you, what about I, I you? wouldn't say I'm anti-Zion. Um, he's definitely really, really talented with a lot of potential. My thing, though, is he's got to change the way he plays if he's going to make it a long career in the NBA because being that high-flying, explosive dude at 6'7 and, like, 250, 260, whatever he weighs. A generous 6'7. Yeah, I don't even, right. He might not even be 6'6, to be honest. Like, he's right. super oversized in yeah. his, on paper. And there's no way that he can stay durable if he continues to just jump all the time and come down. Like, you land on – on your knees with that much weight or on your ankles with that much weight, it's going to catch up to you, you know? Yep. One bad thing yeah. destroys your your entire leg too, you know? Especially yeah. with two ways. Like, that's just going to destroy. Right. He's got to develop a, an outside shot and turn his game, you know, more into like a, a Dirk Nowitzki where he shoots mid-range shots off the pick and pop or something like that. Because look at Dirk. Like, he, he played 20 years in the NBA and his – his career existed on the outside and he was a great, you know, mid-range and post-up player too, but he wasn't afraid to, to step out because, you know, he, he was not the explosive or athletic player like Zion was, but he maintained himself throughout the years. He wasn't really ever hurt, uh, really durable guy. And I think that's kind of the direction Zion needs to go in order to stay in the NBA for a long time. They have yeah. Tyler's at 6'6", 284. Oh my gosh, 284. That's a big boy, man. And, like, that, that's a lot of pressure on his knees. That is it. Especially with, like, a 42-inch vert or whatever he has. Like, Yeah. He must be really enjoying that New Orleans food down south there or something. <laughs> All that jambalaya or whatever they eat down there. <laughs> there was a lot of people giving him crap about that. But they say he has a 6'10 wingspan, which – I think that's even generous because he. I don't really think he looks that lengthy. It's hard he, with all the like, muscle that he's got. It doesn't look lengthy. It's kind of like KD's. Like KD's seven feet tall, and like he's forever been listed as six eight or six nine. You know, yeah. like yeah, Zion's probably doing that same bit. Plus, like Isaiah Thomas was the same thing too, right? They said they gave him like six feet. They gave him like five eight, and realistically, he's like five five, five four, maybe. He's super tiny. All right, yeah. Thomas, or 
like like the Celtics. Celtics one? Okay, yeah. I thought you were talking Detroit. No. Yeah, I think he's actually like five eight or five nine. Oh yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty small. Yeah, five nine is how tall he actually is. He's yeah. That's yeah. That was he was one of the most fun players to watch ever. Why would the Celtics ever trade him? That's what I don't get. Why did they trade him? He was huge for them in Boston. That hip injury just destroyed him. Yeah. Yeah. He was dangerous. Like the hip is one of the most important ones. Like that's so much movement involved right there. I think he lost a lot of it, but he says he's good now, and he says he wants to go play for the Warriors. So, he says he wants to play behind Steph. So, wait, is he even on a team? No. Wow. Yeah. It'd be cool to see him make a comeback. He was so fun to watch. Yeah. He's gonna run with KD, and KD said he looked like he did back then. Like he looked good. So. Yeah. If that's true, he should definitely be on an NBA roster. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. He could definitely, he could definitely bring some energy off the bench for sure. Especially as a, a scoring point guard, you know, on a vet minimum deal. There's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I suppose we should keep things moving here. Um, last team I have for the Western Conference is the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, says they spent two hundred and sixty-one point eight million, which I guess I just realized this, but it like counts all of the money they cooped up in these long-term contracts and they just included it in that, which is weird. Usually teams, usually like they, they list how much money they spent this year, but whatever. Um, some key additions are Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Wesley Matthews, and Marcus Saul. Key re-signings were Anthony, wait, what, what's up? All good players, you know, like all yeah. established players that are going to come in and make their team even better. Right. Already yeah. Uh, key re-signings, Anthony Davis, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, uh, Markeith Morris, and then technically LeBron is a, a re-signing. They extended his contract too. Um, key departures, they have Rajan Rondo, Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, Danny Green, JaVale McGee, and Quinn Cook. Says their best move was re-signing Anthony Davis to a max five-year contract. And their worst move was picking up Marcus Hall on a two-year deal when they already had JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. So disagree. I disagree with that bad move. I don't think the Lakers made any bad moves this year. I don't either. They, they, I mean, Marcus isn't even going to put in that many minutes for him either. And when he does, he's going to come in, he's going to bring defense and he's going to stretch the, he's going to bring space to the floor, stretch it. He's not going to take it. He brings more playmaking than, I mean, you're talking about JaVale McGee. Like, well, I don't even know. Whoever said that just wasn't thinking. They didn't understand. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's an upgrade in almost every way. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, realistically, they brought in Harold. They brought in Schroeder. They re-signed Anthony Davis, and they re-signed LeBron to the two-year Supermax. I mean, win, 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 you know. But what's new? L.A. is going to be good again. So Yeah. I, I think, you know, and we'll get into this uh, for our next episode. We're going to do, you know, playoff predictions for the top 10 teams in each conference. And we're each going to do our own, uh, discuss them. Um, but anyways, what I was getting to that, that is, uh, I think the Lakers are probably going to win it again. That's why I have winning the championship again. You guys might disagree and think that there's another team that's going to dethrone them as champions. But uh, that's that's my pick right now. I think that's everybody's pick. 
I think it's the safest pick in a few years, you know, since, I mean, probably since the Splash Brothers. But right. it's hard to beat it when you have, like, Montrez Herald. You have two six-men of the year that just join your team for free, you know. It's crazy. Um, and when you watch LeBron and Anthony Davis play together like that, they are – it's it's a super dangerous combo. Those two are, are – incredibly Anthony good davis is so good and yeah. he is he is so good he can hit the three like i mean he's dominant in the post he plays two ways mm-hmm. he's so good at basketball the i could the only team that i could see beating the lakers i, I mean other than like if the bucks got there and Giannis just went off because really i mean or luke I think Giannis or Luca are the two X factors that are on awful teams with awful front offices that could just pull a dirt. You know, they could do it by themselves. They could go all the way. And I really don't see either of that happening. I could see the Nets beating, oh, yeah. beating the uh, Lakers. That, yeah. KD is so unstoppable. I don't even care about Kyrie. Throw, I throw him away. But he contributes. He, KD is so good, and that team is so <laughs> deep. It's, it's hard to beat. In that, is that it for the lesson? Yeah, so uh, I think we'll end up doing this in two parts here. Um, so I'll get an outro going here quick. But um, yeah, we'll do the, the Eastern Conference as a part two. Um, so you guys, um, I'll post this one right away after we're, we're get everything edited and finished and everything like that. And then later on during the week, we'll get the, the Eastern Conference um, posted here. But uh, yeah, for now, I'll just uh, play the outro music. And we'll, we'll get out of here and, um, you know, work on the Eastern Conference here. So with that being said, uh, thanks for tuning in to part one of uh, the NBA team offseason breakdown. Um, again, Peyton and Lee, awesome, awesome. To, to get your guys' opinions here. And uh, I'm, looking re- I'm really looking forward to the future we have with you guys and the future of this podcast. I think it's going to be load off my shoulders for sure uh, doing half the work uh, you know I was, it's gonna be great it's it's just a good combo three guys that know a lot about the NBA and just like to talk so um, with that being said we'll see you guys next episode